Do you recall a day where everything clicked into place, where the world seemed to move in perfect harmony and every task flowed effortlessly? Introducing you to London Nootropics, adaptogenic coffee blends, thoughtfully crafted to elevate and balance your day, delivering all the perks of your beloved coffee, plus the incredible benefits of adaptogens, which also help to dial down those less-than-loved side effects like jitters, anxiety, and that all-too-familiar crash. A premium mix of medicinal mushroom extracts and other potent adaptogens, each blend is targeted for a specific purpose depending on what you need. Flow enhances your mental clarity and focus, Zen is your go-to for stress relief and balance, and Mojo offers that clean, natural energy lift. It's the synergy between caffeine and adaptogens that works wonders, allowing us to relish the caffeine bars without the drawbacks, ensuring a smooth, sustained energy flow. My top pick is the Zen Blend. It's a lifesaver for those of us who are caffeine sensitive and not to mention comes in the most charming packaging. So why not elevate your coffee experience with London New Tropics? Discover the perfect blend, find your flow and enjoy an exclusive 20% discount with the code SATINRETURNS at londonnewtropics.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. Pausing this for a moment because I've got something exciting to share. Today's episode is brought to you by London Nootropics, the masters of crafting adaptogenic coffee blends that don't just taste heavenly, but they also boost your energy the right way. Now we all love that zesty kick from caffeine. It snaps us awake by outsmarting those sleepy adenosine receptors in our brain. But here's the kicker. Caffeine can hike up our cortisol, giving us the jitters or anxiety, particularly if you're like me and caffeine sensitive. But that's where the magic of adaptogen steps in. These natural heroes level out our cortisol, smoothing the energy boost from caffeine without the downsides. Plus, while caffeine tends to rush in and fade away, leaving you crashing, adaptogens extend that energy, keeping you vibrant without reaching for another cup. So if you want to find your most productive self with lion's mane and rhodiola, in their flow blend. Cordyceps in Mojo is known to increase our aerobic capacity, oxygen flow and boost ATP. So it's perfect before a run or workout or when you're feeling fatigued. So if you're intrigued and you want to dive deeper into their blend secrets and discover which adaptogens sync with you, try visiting their website. And because you're part of the Saturn Returns family, enjoy a special 20% off at London Nootropics Adaptogenic Coffee with the code SATINRETURNS. Enjoy. Sometimes if we can surrender to that unknown and let things unfold a little bit, there's some magic there. Today I'm joined by one of my all-time favourites, Moon Mentor Kirsty Gallagher. You might recognise her name because this is actually the third time I've had Kirsty on the podcast. And I love how each time she brings new wisdom and new perspective. Kirsty's book, Lunar Living, was published in April 2020 and recently reappeared in the Sunday Times bestseller list. The last year has been a year of growth for her, as people have become more and more interested in the moon and its influence on our lives, and her career as a moon mentor has gone from strength to strength. So in this episode, I wanted to go back to the start and explore how Kirsty first became interested in the spiritual realm. As well as telling her own story, Kirsty explores what the moon holds in store for us all over the next coming months and confronts me with a deep dive into my moon sign with an angel card reading. 
But before we get into this episode, let's hear from our astrological guide, Nora. In astrology, Saturn has an uncomfortable relationship with the moon, specifically with the emotional side that the moon in us exhibits. Saturn in its basic and lesser nature wants the natives to focus on the structure of their lives and to focus on concrete results, tangible rewards for the patience one exhibits when working towards any goal that aligns with your path. It's not good or it's not bad, it just is. However, the energy of the moon is more intuitive and since it rules emotions, it's also less stable, like the tides of the ocean, it runs high and then low. Both the Moon and Saturn have a lot to teach each other though, even though they are uncomfortable in each other's presence. When looking at a chart, you can delineate if you're someone who has a difficult time giving space to the waves of emotions and the growth they can present, or if you're someone who depends on their more stoic side, suppressing uncomfortable emotions. This is not necessarily because it's who you truly are, but rather it's what you've been taught by example or rule. And so like the moon, it remains in the subconscious until you make it conscious. The first condition for this is if your Saturn is in the sign of Cancer, which is ruled by the moon. The second way you can see this in your chart is if your moon is in the sign of Capricorn or Aquarius, both signs being influenced by Saturn. And the third way is if Saturn is influencing your moon through its position or aspect. Often any of these indicates everything that I mention, but it can also show a strong stoic mother figure growing up, or conversely, a maternal figure that didn't give you the emotional support or nurturing that you truly felt you needed, and put you in a position where you were left to carry the burdens in the family and likely had to grow up a bit quicker than others, not really giving you a lot of space for your emotions or even for having childlike emotions. The Moon and Saturn together bring discomfort, but essentially the cosmic lesson of this is to reconcile your inner nurturing feminine nature together with the inner disciplinarian masculine nature. This is in order that you may achieve a healthy balance between hearts and mind. So I suppose that I've always been alternative. I've I've never, one of my main values is, is freedom and authenticity. So I've always questioned, well, why, why? I, I've never wanted to follow the rules. So I've always been a bit of a rebel, I guess, a bit freedom seeking. And my great, great auntie, when I was little, used to do tarot cards and tea leaves. And she was like my idol. I adored Auntie Mabel. I adored her. They, we lived in Langshire, I lived in Yorkshire. So we'd go and visit them every so often. And she'd sit with me and do my tea leaves from, I don't know, from being maybe seven or eight. I love that. Um, and like, it was so cute. She'd be like, I can see a G, uh, S until I went, oh yes, Paul. And she'd be like, yes, I see a P. <laughs> you know what like you do with kids, you try and see what they wanted. But she just got me, and she bought me my first ever astrology book. She bought me the Parks Astrology book, probably when I was about 11 and I was fascinated by star signs, crystals. So I guess I got to late teens, early twenties and life just started to not make a lot of sense. So I became a crystal healer, a Reiki healer, a regressional therapist anything alternative I find, but nothing quite clicked with me until I did yoga. It's one of the first times that I really felt that energy of being part of everything. And it's happened to me a couple of times in meditation since. And I say this a lot to people about meditation when people are like, it's boring every day. 
Years of meditation are worth that one moment that you feel like you literally merge into all that is. It's only ever happened to me about three times in the whole time I've been meditating. But those moments are worth every painful moment of sitting in meditation. What do those moments feel like? That you are everything yet nothing. That you literally understand in that moment the whole of life. Is it a thought or a feeling? It's a feeling that you lose I, you merge with the divine, you merge with, I, I just became part of everything, part of that universal consciousness. And it lasts for seconds almost, but something inside you shifts in that moment when you just get to feel what it feels like to be part of that divine consciousness, part of the skies, part of the earth, part of everything. It's, I can still feel the essence of it now talking to you about it. The, the, the essence is there that just reminds me whenever I doubt that there is something way greater, that we come from something way greater, that we are a tiny little drop of the universe walking mm. around in a human body, every single one of us. You feel it. Mm. You feel it for yourself. There's a knowing that cannot be explained, but you just know, mm. just know. And I think a lot of this work, and we kind of touched on this just before we started recording in a slightly different concept, but how... And I think it's the same for you, obviously. You're going to speak for yourself on this one. But the podcast and the work that I've been doing around it that I've been able to intellectualise, let's say, yes. is a very different thing to embodying it. But the two are running in tandem all the time. So I feel like I'll have a conversation with someone and then I'll have to experience it and live it. Absolutely. And I think that they're, you know, I kind of can intellectualise it and I can compute it, but living it is often a very different thing. Yes. Have, did you find so before you went to India that it was more you were kind of understanding it and then you were beginning to embody it? Yes, absolutely. I'd read the books. I wanted to believe it. It sparked a knowing in me that I was like, all of our truths might be different. Okay. No one knows the exact truth until we go back up to wherever we came from. So your truth might be a bit different to mine and mine to yours. None of us can say this is the absolute truth but what we do need to find is the truth that feels right for us so that then no matter what your truth I'm safe in my truth and I can let you be safe in your truth mm -hmm. by not trying to bend your truth to meet my truth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's about finding what is true for me that helps me to then live my life in a way where I can trust I can feel safe I can feel expansive I can feel like I'm contributing I feel like I have purpose so I'd read the books and thought, this feels good to me. This feels like a, a good thing. I, I believe that when I read it. And I say this to people a lot when I start working with them. Even if anything I say doesn't fit, put it down. It doesn't mm. need to be yours. Just Take because I say it doesn't mean that that is your truth. Put it down if it doesn't feel right for you. But equally on that same note, I remember reading books in the very beginning and God, some of these books would get me so much. I'd throw them across the room. They'd make me angry because they would challenge what I believed to be true. Or I was like, well, that can't possibly be right. And I'd pick them up years later and be like, oh, this is it. This mm. is the answer I've been. So we've got to be ready for the information as well. It's a, a lot of it's about timing, about receiving the information. Yeah, and I guess it's a, it's a dance between, you know, not being too rigid with our, yeah. our theories and our thoughts and belief systems, but also simultaneously holding ourselves like true to what is true for us. Absolutely. Um, so I did yoga. Yoga was this embodied visceral experience where I felt that connection to what I've been searching for. 
And I knew in that moment, that's what I wanted to do. And it took me 18 months, two years to go to India. And I knew I wanted to go to India because I wanted to go to where yoga originated from. I wanted to go to the heart of yoga. And I, at that time, was working in marketing and PR. And again, as we said before, a lot's about timing. So I used to sit on the toilet in work every day and cry my eyes out and say to the universe, I know what I want to do. I know the difference I want to make in the world. Why aren't you helping me make this happen? Why are you making me so difficult? And I used to really question at that time, I didn't know whether it was better to not know what I wanted to do or to have a dream and not quite be able to get it. And I used mm. to question that a lot about, I'd rather maybe not have this dream than have it so alive in me and not be able to get there. I mean, I was so naughty in work. I'd walk around barefoot, I would refuse to wear shoes. I would have pictures of India all over my computer. I was very naughty. But it took me about 18 months to two years. And I realized then when I got to India that had I gone sooner, I wouldn't be sat here talking to you now. My path would not have gone in mm. the way it's gone. I wasn't ready. I needed those two years to embody the practice, to embody what I was learning, to embody who I was becoming, what I was growing into. I would not have been ready for the journey if I'd have gone any sooner. Well, it's like the the sort of balance of the pain of staying starts to outweigh exactly the pain that. of the unknown. Exactly that. And even in, in that, people are very, very well-meaning, but when you break out of a mold, it also semi-threatens people because they yeah. want you to stay down there with them. Because mm. if we break out, then it makes other people question, well, what's my big dream that I'm never following? Yes. What's my big dream that I'm never going after? What's my big dream that isn't realized? And if no one goes after their dreams, we're all safe down here. But as soon as one person goes after it, it makes everyone question their yeah. own. It just threatens where they are at in themselves. Yeah. So then after India. So then I went to India in 2009 to do my yoga teacher training. So I spent nine months there and that's when I became really fascinated by the lunar cycles because in the Ashtanga tradition of yoga, you don't practice on moon days. There's a theory behind this that it's to do with obviously the energetic pull of the moon, that people were more injury prone around mm -hmm. moon days. There's also the little tongue in cheek thing that Patabi Joyce, who founded Ashtanga Yoga, wanted an extra day off. So no one's quite sure it came from. <laughs> but in Ashtanga, you wouldn't practice on moon days. What defines a moon day? A new or a full moon. Mm -hmm. So when there's a new moon or a full moon. And so normally we were all up at 3.34 a.m. for morning practice. It was all early starts. But on moon days, everyone was so much more relaxed. So everyone would hang out in the cafes over breakfast. We spent hours over breakfast. And I'd noticed on moon days that people's energy differed. There was almost like an essence in the air. And people would have the same issues. So it'd be on some moon days, everyone would be having problems in their relationships. On some moon days, everyone would be talking about kind of more money things or where they were gonna live or what they were gonna do when they left India. And it started to really fascinate me. So I would then spend moon days, you would do what's known as Abhyanga on a moon day, which is an oil massage. We'd massage oil into all your muscles and joints because they'd be so sore after so much yoga. And then you'd lie and let it soak in for 20 minutes. And so I'd do the Abhyanga in the afternoon and lie and just kind of chat to the moon and say, okay, how does this moon feel? What do you want me to know? What are the energies? What's the information? And that's where my moon fascination started. I brought that home. After nine months of doing that, I brought that home and started to teach about it, started to share workshops about it, started to share yoga classes around it. And then honestly, it's like the moon took over. 
And so when I look at all of the big key points in my life, mm. they've all been on moon days. They've all wow. been, and even this, you know, the Sunday Times bestseller will come out on Sunday. It's the Taurus new moon on Tuesday. On Sunday, the days I'm teaching the class for the Taurus moon, that's been planned for a long time. And I am a Taurus moon. Mm. It's just like my own moon is celebrating me. My own moon is like, we're going to celebrate you. This is, and the, the new moon being a new beginning, it's like the moon is saying, you're shifting into a new phase now. And everything, I handed my books in on moon days. I got the calls about the books on moon days. Everything has happened on a moon day. Like the moon has kind of said, this is the path. I this is it. where you're going to go. Um, I've had no choice. But you channel something. Mm. Has that always been a gift? Or was always. That something? Yeah. Always, always, always. Again, from being very, very little. My Auntie Mabel, who I mentioned earlier, she, she was psychic. Mm. And so I think I've carried down those powers from her and... As a as a child, I, I struggled a lot with emotion as well, which I, I think is a lot to do sometimes with psychic powers, that there's such a knowing about you that you know everything, you feel everything, and you don't know how to contain that when you're younger. Totally. But then as I got older, I think it comes a little bit from my Scorpio rising sign as well. I have an ability to just be able to read people, mm. to be able to feel energies. And then the channeling, I don't know when I really realised I had a gift for it, but most of that is literally about getting out of my own way. And even now I'll say to you, I don't know how I do what I do. I don't know how I know what I know. Mm. But when I start to question that, that's when it goes a bit wrong. So the way I see it is that I link into your soul, to the higher part of you, the part of you that just knows and help you to access the wisdom that you normally would bypass with your thinking mind, your critical mind, your, you know, whatever process it goes through. I try and bypass that for you and just bring down the information that you need, need to know. Did you bring your cards? Yes, I did. Okay, so what do we have? We have a couple of things because I looked at the date that this was going to come out. So I think what I'd probably love to touch on, which, which works, is about we've got the eclipse season coming up. So the eclipse season will officially start with this next Taurus moon. So I know by the time people listen to this, that will have gone past. But on the 26th of May, we've got the first of the eclipses. And when the eclipse season opens, it normally lasts 35 days. And so any moon we get in that 35 days will be an eclipse. Eclipses are really, really powerful for two reasons. First of all, eclipses open up this energetic portal and the purpose of an eclipse is to help us to get back on our true path. Mm. So in any way that we've gone off our path, we've strayed, we've lost ourselves, an eclipse will bring us back on. It's like a real awakening moment. It's a moment when we really get to see. So on a lunar eclipse, lunar eclipses tend to end things. They bring endings. A solar eclipse then opens up and creates new beginnings. What's really powerful then further about an eclipse is because the lunar nodes are active, our own personal lunar nodes get activated. Mm -hmm. So the lunar nodes aren't planets, they're kind of energetic points. And they're energetic points where the pathway of the moon meets the pathway of the earth around the sun. So the, the pathway of the moon meets the ecliptic. And at these two points where they intersect, these are what's known as the lunar nodes. And our lunar nodes are all about our purpose in life. So your lunar nodes are your north node and your south node. So the sun in astrology is our identity. Mm -hmm. It's the part of us we allow ourselves to shine. Our moon sign in astrology is so important because our moon sign, 
so the sign the moon was in when you were born, is your inner world. It governs your emotional inner world. It's who you are when no one's watching. It's your emotional world. It's your dreamscape. It's what you really need to nurture to feel safe in the world. And I know for me, finding out my moon sign answered everything. For me too. Because I'm a Leo son, and so Leo sons should be out there, extroverted, on mm. the stage. But I don't really like being out there. I don't like being out in big crowds. I need a lot of time on my own. And I used to feel like I'd failed at being a Leo. I was like, I'm such a useless Leo. I don't want to be on stage. I don't want to be an actor. I'm, you know, I'm a Taurus moon, which is why you and I, because you're a Taurus sun. <laughs> so for me, then my Taurus moon needs to be on the sofa under a blanket, comfort, safety, stability, sensuality, luxury. And that for me, I was like, oh, thank God. That mm. really answers. Yeah. And because my, that's what my, I need to feel safe. I see a lot of that in you. So because you've got that Taurian energy, you and I, you feel immediately to me like I've known you for a lifetime. Mm. What's your rising? Scorpio. Because mm. it, it really clicked for me because I think my, my rising is Libra. Yes. I'm Pisces moon and Taurus sun. So for me, I, I, I connect with you on that level of I either want to be at home on my own or like... Performing. Yes. And there's really not much in between. In between. Yeah. Because your rising sign then is who are the people meet when they meet you. So people mm. meet your Libra, your relationships, you're wanting to be kind of out there, bringing people together, everything to do with relationship. They see you as, as that. Mm. Whereas the rest of you is like, no. And your moon sign as well is so beautiful being a Pisces moon that you are... Our moon sign is often seen as our soul. It's the essence, whereas our sun is our identity, our moon is our soul. You've got the soul of an artist, the soul of a dreamer. It means that you like to spend a lot of your days in dream world, visioning things and floating around the house. And that that's totally. very you. <laughs> I prefer living. That's why my Instagram's Kaggy's World. I prefer living in, your in like world. my own fantasy yeah. and reality yeah. as much as as I possibly can. Yeah. And so for everyone listening, go find your moon sign, especially if you don't really resonate with your sun sign. Just get yeah. your birth chart done, look at what your moon sign was. And for me, it felt like a massive homecoming, a massive relief. And I embrace a lot of my Taurus moon now. And so then talking about the nodes, the lunar nodes, when we have an eclipse in eclipse season, the lunar nodes at the moment are in Gemini and Sagittarius. And so what that will mean is as a collective, we're mm -hmm. all going to feel the energy of where the nodes are currently. But then on an individual level, as the nodes get activated, our own individual nodes get activated. So it almost again gives us a portal to work with our own nodes. So your south node is about past lives. It's what you've come into this lifetime with. It's karma. It's your comfort zone. It's what you feel very, very comfortable with and where you feel very, very comfortable being. Your north node is who you're here to be, your purpose in life, what you're here to grow into, what you're here to achieve. But our north node often feels very, very uncomfortable. Exposing. <clears throat> yes. And this, again, is the reason why you and I are like we are, because we've got exact opposite nodes. So my south node is in Pisces, which means I'm very, very comfortable being in the dream world. What I'm not very good at is my north node is in Virgo, planning, preparation, doing the actual work, I'm not good at that at all. I would way prefer to live in dream world. But part of my mission this lifetime is to bring that dream world into reality by doing what needs to be done to make it happen. 
but I, I'm getting so much better. And that's where I think the last year has been so incredible for me because I've embraced more of that Virgo. And the more I've embraced that discomfort of planning, of putting dates in, the more my business has grown. Totally. But would that then suggest that my... Because I don't resonate with being a Virgo at all. I never plan anything. No, but you are in the way I know you. So you're... Oh, your control yeah, perfectionistic way. Yeah. Your Virgo south node comes out in that you are tend to be a perfectionist, a bit self-critical sometimes, won't put anything out there unless it's perfect, which means that sometimes it doesn't get put out there at all. And so part of your pathway in life is to embrace more of that Pisces artist that you have that lives within you. And so, I mean, I know that I'm going to call you on it. I know that in your music, like you're, you're, I was telling people about you the other day and I was like, she is an insane singer. And they were like, really? And I was like, you wouldn't know this because you don't ever get to see it. it Because you're... South node, your Virgo is like, let's stay here and hide it until it's perfect. Let's criticize it a bit more. And that feels much more comfortable for you to stay in that criticism than it does to go, hey, everyone, look what I just did. Here you go, have it. It's it's such a deep thing for me that I can't really understand myself. But it's like, I used to think, well, if I have this much resistance around something and this kind of emotional response, it can't be right. And I, I hold on to these things these pieces of me because I'm so scared of sharing them with the world and then being judged and that I don't know I don't know what I think is going to happen but we said before you have the soul of an artist your Pisces soul wants you now to your north node Pisces is to to be more in that dreamscape to 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 let that artistic expression flow out there in the world to your point just then I mean we started to talk about it before about my dream to go to India I also feel sometimes our big dreams are tested to see how much we want them Mm. it's like in even in the lunar cycle when we get to first quarter moon that halfway between new and full we've set our new moon intentions about halfway to full we'll find our dreams getting tested and there is a little bit of us then that goes well it wouldn't be this difficult it was meant to be Mm -hmm. but the universe is like well if you're going to give up at the first sign of a struggle it's not meant to be if you're Mm going to give up on your dream the first time it feels a bit difficult you don't really want it I was writing about this the other day, how, you know, we all like the idea that things just come easily. And Mm. I used to, you know, I grew up very much believing that everyone that was successful and everyone was an artist just came out of the womb like that. They came out with a guitar singing pitch perfect and that was just it. And everything just unfolded perfectly for them. I never really comprehended until I went through my own Saturn returns how much discipline, structure, structure, um, dedication. You've got to put the foundations in. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think we do, we almost judge people. I get so many messages of people saying, I want to know where you know, where did you learn it? And I'm like, go and spend 13 years living by every single lunar cycle and then you might be here. And that's not to say people can't get to where I am, but again, we want these quick fixes. Yeah. We want to Amazon our own awareness. I we want to that. Amazon our own knowledge and knowing. So it's almost like, well, I now want to be a new mentor. How do I do that overnight and know what you know? What's your biggest fear? <sighs> that's an amazing question. You know, a lot of people think that their biggest fear is failure, but I think it's actually success. I think mm. for many people, their biggest fear is success. Why like, do you think that is? Because I think then when we fail, we can do that almost um, thing story that was never going to work anyway. Yeah. There's a story there, whereas with succeeding in something comes having to be seen 
having to be heard, having to step out of comfort zones, having to go out going. there and then keep going and keep going and keep going. And often it's way easier for us to just blame everybody else, blame why it didn't happen, blame this. We can go into victim mentality. I was just of, about to say like victimhood yeah, mentality. We can go there. It's such an addictive path mm. because it's just reconfirming that story again and again and again. Yeah. Being like, oh, it's all, why has everything happens to me this way? Also, with success and like more opportunities, there's more like turbulence. The more successful you get, the more conflict in a way Absolutely. that you have to experience because that's just how it Well, works. also then, as we were talking before, you're open to so many more different people's opinions. I mean, I know you and I talk about social often about the amount of like DMs we get with certain things and people's opinions or criticisms of what we did or didn't do right. You're just open to all of that. Then you've got to start to face some of your biggest fears to be successful. Like me being on this morning last week, I was terrified of being on that. Like being on TV for me is not something that's comfortable, that I want to do, that I even have ever aspired to do. I was terrified. And thankfully most people have said they wouldn't have known. But that to me, that would have been so easy to say no to. And instead, because I'm so passionate about my message. And you believe in it. And I believe in it. And again, the, the moon just brought that to me. The moon was like, because I know a lot of us have felt a little bit lately in that in-between worlds place of the world is starting to kind of open, but where are we going? We've left the old world behind and the old us, we've not quite. And I'd really gone into that space of feeling like I was in between worlds. I was in a void. I didn't know what was coming and I'd normally fight that. Mm-hmm. And this time around, I just surrendered to it. I was like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. There's something in me I need to do. I don't know what it is. And I sat in the, I don't know, and then got the call from this morning, then got the Sunday times. But so again, I think sometimes if we can surrender to that unknown and let things unfold a little bit, there's some magic there. Absolutely. I also, when I was, you know, and this, I say younger, but this was only really a couple of years ago. There was a period of my life when ostensibly things looked really successful from the outside, but because I had, I, you know, call it low self-worth or whatever, I would sabotage opportunities. Mm. And I think that's a really important one to acknowledge because before doing any of this stuff or going, you know, finding the right people, following the career of your dreams, you really need to look at that internal belief system because if it doesn't align, the subconscious will sabotage, it will destruct. If you and I now didn't have a strong foundation, we couldn't hold what we're doing now because the first sign of anyone disagreeing with us, we'd crumble crumble. down. The second time I think I've been in this morning, I can't remember what newspaper it was, but one of them like ran this story about like this moon girl who'd said this and this and like basically saying I was a bit like wild and nuts. However, I've worked enough on myself that I get to validate me. So as long as I believe in the moon and the fact it's changed my life, it doesn't matter whether you believe me. Like, Mm. I mean, don't mean you, you, because I value your opinion, but it doesn't matter whether Belinda across the street believes me. Like, it (laughs) sucks Belinda. But it it doesn't, because I believe it so much. And I also don't need to force her to try to believe it to make it right either. But when you start seeking it externally immediately, the house of cards is going to come crumbling Crumble down. down. And that's what I always found with music. I was, it was like I was waiting at the gates for the gatekeeper to let mm. me into the fate of my own life, always. And so everybody else's opinion was above my own. Yes. And everyone else's opinion was conflicting. So I found myself just spinning round and round and round and round in circles, not knowing what direction to go in because they were all different ones. And actually having the courage, and it's like what you say, of the unknown. Mm. To be like, I know this is the step that I'm supposed to take. 
I don't actually know why and I don't actually know where it's going, but I know that it feels right. That's it. And this is something that I have so many people messaging me about being like, they have that stirring in their soul mm. of a path that they need to tread, but it it means that they have to allow so much to fall away. Yes. And that is such a, like, a Saturn Returns moment when, you know, the infrastructure you've essentially built up around you that no longer connects to the truth of who you are has to come undone and have the courage to start walking. And people are like, I'm scared I won't find my people. I'm scared I won't find my career or whatever. And all I can say is people just appear in, this, in the way that you did. You and I, yeah. There's no, like, way that we would have connected yeah. unless we were both doing our path in yeah. alignment with who we truly are. Absolutely. And we just are people in each other's lives that walk it together. And it's it sounds like such a woo-woo thing to say, but like it's like spirit guides, you know, they'll yeah. just come up and they'll encourage you along that journey exactly when you need it. Absolutely, totally. And speaking of everything you just said, we're gonna go through that collectively with this next eclipse season, because at the moment with this next eclipse season, we've got the North Node in Gemini, and the south node in Sagittarius, which means that Sagittarius is all about philosophy, about belief systems. And our belief systems have been tested mm. over this time. And this eclipse season, we had the same eclipses in last November, and we'll get them again later on this year. And so our whole belief system, everything that we'd, or for many people they'd known to be true has been tested. And so now that was the South node, that was our comfort zone of this is what I believe to be true and this is my job and this is what I do and this is who I am, has now all been put into question. So now as a collective, we're gonna be asked to move to the North node in Gemini which is around gaining new information, gaining new wisdom, balancing head and heart, feeling into what's in my heart, what's in my head, what's intellect and what's that intuitive knowing and how do I marry and blend the two of these versus rather than just wanting to intellectualize everything. How can I seek inner wisdom and turn that into knowing? And also what we're being asked to do with Gemini is then to share as a collective, communicate, because the way we used to live was very much I. Mm. And we can see that in our governments, in the way the world is at the moment with the way that certain countries are struggling. It's been a very much I, big business is all I, 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 I. Now we're being asked to be we. We're being asked to come more into a collective, into collaboration, into working together more, into communicating with each other more. I think there's a, there's an, a link between the thing that you said about it being very I driven and very individual and this sort of like capitalist quest of yeah. me, 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 I want these things. I think that that is very linked to one's mental health because yes. as human beings, we are so wired for connection and community. Totally. And that is something that we're, I think, I believe we are coming back to, as, yeah. you know, over the last year, what I've noticed from obviously in the music world and stuff like that from people I speak to is, everyone's egos have gone mm. because they don't serve a purpose anymore. Yes. So the way that people would be like, oh, you can't do that, that's not cool. Like, oh, no, 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 you can't like go and do that kind of thing. Everything is just suddenly open and all those like rigid restrictions and boxes of who you had to be in the world mm. have disappeared. And you're like, I actually just have to be myself. And people are now respecting that. And yeah. they're like, you know what? That's actually cool. Yes. And sharing, being able to share who we are, because again, not long after this comes out, let me give you the exact date, 30th of May, Mercury goes into retrograde, joy. Um, but Mercury retrogrades in Gemini. So Mercury rules Gemini. 
And when Mercury retrograde happens, I know a lot of people really fear the retrograde. There's a big yeah. thing. Like Mercury retrograde is quite fashionable now, isn't it? It's been fashionable for a few totally, years. Totally. Because you know. people just like <laughs> pin any mistake technology-wise they may. I mean, I know I've done a few. But Mercury retrograde is an amazing time really to pause, to slow down, to reevaluate, to take stock. And when a planet retrogrades, it asks us to internalise the lessons of that planet. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to be asked to do in Mercury retrograde in Gemini is to go inwards into what are our own internal belief systems? What, how do we speak to ourselves? What's our communication like with ourselves? Mm-hmm. And to then be able to find a communication and a truth in us that we can then begin to communicate that to the outside world. And so it's going to be a really, really powerful time we're coming in for over these next few kind of weeks now. I really pray that we don't just let this opportunity pass us by and go back to the way things used to be. It will be such a a crime almost to miss what we've learned over the last year and to not make some relevant changes. So Gemini again loves change. So what change are we going to commit to? For many people, they said they didn't want to do something and they've already started to go back out to doing it. I had so many friends who were like, oh, I was so busy before. I was out every night. I'm not doing it again. And now they're like, oops, <laughs> booked up every night of the week again. And it's going to be about, it's going to give us a moment to pause and reevaluate that and to say, what have you already gone back into that you said that you didn't want to? What yeah. are your values? Yeah. Do you say you want one thing and do another? And it is a process. It, oh, of course, because it it's like you you get in alignment and then you get out of alignment. You're like, that didn't feel very good. I'll go back. And, it, it, you know, you have to do it however many times you have to do it, then really hold true. That's an amazing point that you make, that we can't just click our fingers overnight and change. And again, mm. if we look at the moon, the moon cycles, nature cycles. Nature doesn't click her fingers and go from winter to spring. It's a, it's a process. It's a process. Everything goes through process. Death and rebirth. Something, again, that people message me a lot about, and I'm sure they do too, of this thing of, you know, knowing what's true for them and knowing what their values are and then falling out of alignment and mm. then beating themselves up. But I think such an important part of that is to not put yourself in a, in a sort of shame spiral. Absolutely. Because it is just... You just have to feel it. You're like, oh, that feels off. So Mm. I need to adjust the sails. And it's just a case of finessing until you find something that feels comfortable and right for you. Absolutely. And there's an amazing thing around shame because the only reason we feel shame is that we now know there's a better way to do things. Mm. On some level, a part of you has evolved enough to know there is a better way to do this, there's a better way to handle this, there's a better way to be, there's a better way to act, react, whatever it is, that's the only time we ever feel shame, is when some part of us knows we can do better. We could have done better. And even the knowing is so powerful, but it's an awareness knowing that you've dropped off or got out of alignment, even knowing that, because many people wouldn't even have the knowledge that they've gone out of alignment because they don't have a true north to begin with. Yeah. Even knowing you've gone out of alignment is so powerful because it shows you that you do know what it feels like to be aligned. Mm -hmm. And then it's just about gently, gradually guiding yourself back. Mm -hmm. So even just pausing and going, wow. And it's knowing your own sabotages, I know them. I sometimes dress up self-care as self-sabotage or dress up some, sorry, self-sabotage as self-care. Oh, I really need to care for myself today with a day on the sofa with chocolate and movies all day. And it's not actually helping me, it's making me feel worse, but I'm like, yeah, but you're caring for yourself. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm eating like so much sugar, it's not even true. And I'm not moving. And I definitely do the same, but I try and always check in with myself. I'm like, is this expansive for me? And again, we've got to give ourselves permission. I call it like a human day. I'm like, I'm just being human today. Mm. Just being human. 
one thing before we wrap up, I think, I mean, I would love for you to do like a little reading. Okay. Do you think that'd be good? It depends what I say as to whether you want to turn the microphone off halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it'll be interesting because I kind of want to hear for people to hear you in action. Okay, so you're going to hold the cards. If there's anything you want to ask or come through, you're just going to hold that in mind. Just remembering I can't know anything that you don't want me to. So you are safe in that respect. And then you're just going to give me what you want to give me. Okay, perfect. All right, here we go. Um, the first thing that you that's really coming through so strongly for me is that there is something that you've been toying with lately, something that you want to create and want to do and you just need to now take the leap. It's time to take that leap and to go for it and to stop being in your south node and sabotaging and procrastinating. I feel like at the moment there's been a lot going on for you as in a lot of different moving parts, a lot of things moving around and shifting. And so I want you to try to get very, very clear on the pathway that you want to go on ahead. Because at the moment there hasn't really been much movement because there's been a lot of time spent looking at all mm. the different forks and wondering which one to go down. So instead start to lay a different foundation. On that same note, you, you've got the next two cards are about you're not on your own. And so it's about for you now calling in the right support to further build that foundation with you. So to start delegating things, to understand that you don't need to do it all on your own because you spend an awful lot of time doing the stuff you don't need to do because in actual fact, it helps you to avoid doing the stuff that you should mm. be doing. <laughs> so you're like, I'm too busy editing the podcast to be able to sing and do my music. Start delegating that. So... It's about for you now really deciding for this next year, what would I love to see at the end of this road for this year? And then what bricks do I need to lay down to take me in that direction to get there? So stop spinning as many plates. You're being divinely guided right now. So everything that you're feeling, all the opportunities, but it's it's going to take, I'm seeing for you very clearly, you've been standing at the end of the path, looking at the path, seeing all these different forks and going, if I went down that fork, that would happen, down that fork, like, da -da -da, and keeping yourself so <laughs> busy. Rising, yeah. yeah. That you've not taken one step. Mm -hmm. And the whole universe is up there being like, if you just take <laughs> one step onto the path, we can help you. We can put that person onto it that you need. We can put that opportunity onto it you gotta step onto the path <laughs> that's what's happening for you right now you've got to put story of my life <laughs> <laughs> you've got to put one foot on the path okay because i don't want you to sit here with me in another 10 years and be like why didn't i put a foot on the path 10 years ago well you know what to bring this kind of full circle when i asked you what is your biggest fear mine is unfulfilled potential yes and I've just picked one last card for you and it's share your voice. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't oh, even God. have a choice in this like Share your voice, come out of the cave. <laughs> um, yeah, I see that in you a lot. And then to, to almost counteract that, you spin a few more plates to try to feel like you're living up to a potential, but because it's not a soul potential, it's always going to feel unfulfilled for you. I'm going to be stood, I was going to say beside you, but I might go slightly behind you and push you onto the... <laughs> and I'm going to pin this share your voice card on your mirror so that you can see it every day. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. My pleasure. Hopefully it will have resonated with the audience as well because yeah I just suddenly feel very naked <laughs> and I'm like it's a big accountability thing yeah but yeah 
I just love every conversation I have with Kirsty. And over the last year, you know, when she first came on the podcast, it was when Luna Living had just come out and we'd never met. We just spoke across a Zoom, but we instantly clicked. And she is now one of the closest people to me and someone I feel that I can trust implicitly. And I think that she's just gone on this incredible journey over the last year. She really inspires everyone around her and is able to hold space in this amazing capacity. And I'm just so proud of her and everything she's doing. If you want to follow Kirsty, you can find her on Instagram at Kirsty underscore Gallagher underscore or her website, kirstygallagher.com. You can also listen to my previous chats with her in season one, episode six and season two, episode nine. If you'd like to follow our astrological guide, Nora, on Instagram, you can find her at Stars Incline. And you can follow me at Kaggy's World. Now, on the 27th of May, which is coming up very soon, we'll be having a Saturn Returns live show at the Clapham Ground in London, where we'll be speaking to Catherine Gray. You still have time to get your ticket, and you can find tickets at dice.fm. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could follow the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or just share it with a friend. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production. The producer is Hannah Barrell and the executive producer is Kate Taylor. Thank you so much for listening and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye. <laughs>